You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting, and we talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and of course, where they are now. So how is everybody doing today? I hope everybody's having a great day so far. Uh, it was just recently announced that state of emergency for the province of Ontario was extended for another 28 days. So let's just look at the glass half full because we can all, like for all of us staying at home, working from home or studying from home, we can use this time to... First of all, take care of ourselves, get some sleep in, just, you know, do some self-care stuff um, and just make the most out of it. I know it's not to the best interest of everybody. Like personally, I just want to get out of the house and honestly just get a haircut. Like I really do need a haircut at this point, but um, let's not worry about it too much because we're here with you. We're all in this together. And we will get through this. And it, this is definitely going to be something that we're going to be telling our um, the future generations about, you know, some of the things that we survived and some of the hardships that we went through. But like I said, we're all in this together. And don't worry, we got this. So, yes. And uh, so this week, you guys, we promised you last week that we were going to exclusively break down the fights that were supposed to happen on this newly uh, modified, I should say, UFC 249 card, right? So last week, things were so much different. Uh, we were all so excited that the UFC, out of all other sports organizations, was actually going to be having fights held and broadcasted through TV networks, through ESPN, they said that they couldn't really sanction their fights in any states at all in the United States. So what they did was that they scheduled to have their fights happen on a um, on on tribal lands in Northern California and Taki Casino. We all thought it was going to be good. It was all going to go well. Even the fighters were so pumped up. They were having like legitimate plans for their weight cuts and whatnot. But last week when we recorded our episode on Thursday, a few hours later towards the end of the day, the news broke that all UFC events were going to be canceled, including UFC 249, which is really, really unfortunate because I do believe that they actually had this Taki Casino booked for a good two months and they had a lot of plans for the future uh, fight nights that were, that, were, that were going to be hosting in this casino for the upcoming weeks so that they could keep the business going, but most importantly, they could keep us, the fans, um, entertained in the meanwhile. So it is definitely really, really disappointing. And the main reason why all this went down was because allegedly some top authority figures in ESPN slash Disney, because I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think the networks might be owned, like all owned by Disney. If I'm not mistaken, please do correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, top authority figures in, um, in ESPN and Disney talked to Dana White saying that this is probably not the best idea at this point. 
especially because state of emergencies still do exist and are in in in, in session essentially for all states in America. And this is just not the best idea. And when you thought, like, I was actually listening to another podcast and they were saying that being the president of the UFC is second to being the president of the United States, meaning that the whoever is the president of the UFC, they will just go ahead with whatever they want because they just have that much power, that much money. Um, and we all know um, uh, that Dana White, the president of the UFC, is definitely that type of person. He's just so uh, bold when it comes to his decisions. And uh, like it, an example is actually this whole thing when no sport organizations, n- like not even the NBA, not even the NHL, not, e- not even the NFL are having games during during this hard time, but the UFC decides to still move on with their fights and do something extraordinary uh, <laughs> with um, their, their fight locations and where they actually wanted to host their fights during the pandemic. So that's what we thought, but unfortunately, there's some figures at the top that wouldn't really allow such things to happen, which, like I said, is pretty disappointing because when the news broke out that they were actually going to have fights during during the pandemic, everybody was so excited. Everybody was actually looking forward to the fights, but hey, again, it is what it is. The fights are unfortunately canceled, and we're not going to be seeing these fights take place in Taki Casino. But uh, the one thing that is really interesting uh, is that we all know that, of course, okay, Tony Ferguson was one side of the main event of UFC 249. Originally, he was supposed to fight uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and now he was supposed to be fighting and facing off against Justin Gaethje. When the news broke out that the fights weren't even supposed to happen anymore, Tony Ferguson put out a statement on social media saying that he was still going to be weighing in um, the Friday before April, April 18th when the fights were actually supposed to take place. So regardless of whether or not the fights will actually go down, yes, Tony Ferguson is going to be making weight. He does not care if he's going to be fighting or not. And he actually encouraged his opponent, Justin Gaethje, to do the same. And uh, he actually said it in a trash-talking way. He's like, you know, I'm going to be doing it. Well, um, you'll definitely show that you're a coward if you don't weigh in. Like, you know what I mean? So that's definitely the type of person that uh, Tony Ferguson is. And um, I was so, so entertained by all the things that he's been saying so far and uh, this one including for sure. So, you know, it, not even a pandemic, like I said on our previous episode, can stop Tony Ferguson from what what he had in mind and what he actually wants to execute as a fighter. And um, yeah, it is it is pretty fascinating. But for, for other people, you know, I, I kind of do feel bad. We're not sure that the UFC is still going to be paying them for their fight purse because, you know, the fights were on and off, on and off. And then last minute, again, we have this cancellation. So I, I kind of wonder if they are still going to be paying the fighters for their at least preparation for their fight camps. And the fact that 
um, you know, all of this, all this um, a, a unique stuff that has been happening during the pandemic, it wasn't necessarily specified in their contract. So I actually do wonder if any of that is going to be affected by some of the recent events that have gone down. And uh, with regards to that, I will definitely keep you guys updated if I get any news. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but um, some of the main news outlets, sports outlets, MMA outlets actually, that I usually do follow aren't as active anymore, which is totally understandable because honestly, as a reporter, as a journalist, you would have to have something to report about. And uh, ever since the news broke out that all UFC events were canceled, there haven't been a lot of updates as there used to be back in the day. It's totally okay, but uh, I, I will see it as one of my main duties to keep you guys updated on um, any any announcement that I that I come across, any update that I come across regarding what I just said about the fighters' purses and what the fighters will be doing from this point forward. Anyway, so uh, I'll definitely keep you guys updated, like I said. But uh, other than that, actually. Another interesting thing that has uh, been discussed amongst some fighters is that um, uh, they they were invited on podcasts and whatnot because they can really have in-person interviews. And some of them, including the current flyweight champion, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, some fighters have actually come out and said that they wouldn't really mind going on this uh, a, a private island that is supposedly going to be bought for fighting purposes. And if you're totally confused about what I'm talking about right now, Dana White, the president of the UFC, he said that uh, he was in, in in the process of making finalizing a purchase of a private island so that he could have fights, all UFC fights, on this island so that he wouldn't have to go through the trouble and struggle of sanctioning fights through state rules and state athletic commissions and whatnot. And it was believed that the island was going to be an international, um, international seas. So I don't don't know what the rules are when someone actually purchases an island. like what rules are, uh, are on that island. Is it belonging to, a certain country is it just owned by you like is it, is it a sovereign land how i don't know how that actually works but i think this was actually one of the main reasons why dana white dana white was so keen on purchasing this island because after finalizing the purchase then he could essentially do whatever he wanted to do on this fight he could have fights with um, no gloves, if he wanted to, he could do whatever he wanted with regards to fights without actually sanctioning them or um, setting specific set, uh, set of rules for how the fights were supposed to be taking place. And yeah, I believe that was one of the main reasons why he wanted to make that purchase in the first place. But like I was saying, a lot of fighters have actually welcomed welcomed this idea of fighting on a private island. Actually, like I was saying, Valentina Shevchenko has said that she'd be willing to fly over to this island, move all of her training camp over there, and she she'd actually be willing to to live on this island because that's how much fighting means to her. And uh, she totally welcomed the idea, which was really really interesting. But there's other fighters too. 
um, who who aren't really in favor of this whole idea. And uh, they're just saying that there's just not as much stability with this whole private island fighting idea and uh, things aren't the same anymore, which I totally understand again. And it's nice to have this diversity of opinions amongst fighters. Uh, it just tells you that other different people look for different things um, and that different um, uh, viewpoints definitely exist, even though all people are fighters. Uh, all of these people put food on the table, provide for their families through professional fighting, yet there's this difference of opinion and difference of motives and all legitimate motives too amongst fighters and uh it is definitely i i really do appreciate every viewpoint and it's just really interesting to read about them you know so yeah we'll definitely keep you guys updated with regards to that uh with regards to the private islands um and i it, this is really interesting again because after all all the ufc fights were shut down by espn and disney dana white still came out and said that the fight island is still like the idea for the fight island is still in place and that he will make it happen which is again quite interesting and it gives us some hope as to some of the things that we can look forward to as fight fans and how how okay i was thinking and this is really interesting. Again, I feel like everything I've been saying on this podcast is, is me saying, oh, that that's just so interesting. But honestly, at this unusual time, it really is interesting. Because I was thinking, if the purchase of the private island is made, and we have most fights on that private island, then that could potentially change how our sport is going to be overall for future generations. What if the sport of MMA, specifically all um, fights that, that fall under the roster of the UFC, are only conducted on this private island? You know, that would, be, that would actually be one of the wildest things that could potentially happen so far in the whole history of um, martial arts like who, like I, like I said in our previous episode, you would see it in movies, you would see it in Bruce Lee movies and Enter the Dragon and whatnot, but you never really thought that it would happen in real life. So if if we do somehow manage to have our fights on this private island, then I think it is definitely going to be a major um, a major milestone that is going to uh, be accomplished and something that is just going to change the whole course of our sport. And I think that will be one of the main distinguishing factors that, that is going to set our sport of MMA aside from any other sport. I'm not trying to devalue other, other sports at this point, of course, but I'm just saying as a sport that just came into existence from early 90s and um, it's been evolving so much ever since, I feel like this step by itself is just going to take our sport to a whole nother level and uh, I know it's kind of sounds unbelievable but if it does take place then we're, we're we're definitely living through some interesting times man that's all I can say about that at this point but enough of that but since we brought up the idea of uh, fighting on a private island and it almost being similar to the plot of a kung fu movie it reminds me, this past weekend, um, so because we can't really break down fights anymore as much, 
I'll try to give you guys recommendations on some of the um, good sports movies and specifically martial arts movies that I that I come across and watch. So this past weekend for movie night, I watched uh, Ip Man Four, which was such a great movie. So just just as a background synopsis for most of you who are not familiar with Ip Man and who he was in real life, so Ip Man. He was Bruce Lee's grandmaster when it came to Wing Chun Kung Fu. Um, If you watch the movies from the very first movie, which was just Ip Man 1, all through Ip Man 4, which I just watched over this past weekend, you'll see how how martial arts and specifically kung fu was treated back in the day and how uh, it makes you think how martial arts... We're kind of like beefing back in the day and now you see this unity of martial arts through mixed martial arts and it makes you uh, develop this appreciation for how much martial arts overall, talking about all martial arts, have evolved in the way that they've been practiced and the way that they've actually been preached to other people and how they've been perfected throughout decades. So talking about it, man, like I was saying he was Bruce Lee's grandmaster. So uh, Bruce Lee, occasionally, he would, he would travel over to Hong Kong to brush up his kung fu skills. And in this particular movie, actually, no spoilers, uh, Ip Man takes a trip to San Francisco to watch Bruce Lee participate in this karate tournament. And uh, again, I don't want to spoil the movie for you guys, but I just thought when I was watching the movie, it was just beautifully, beautifully depicted um, specifically the beef that, like I was saying, existed between Kung Fu practitioners and karate practitioners at the time, just trying to showcase what martial arts is the most superior. And, uh, they would just have, they would have like fights in, in the back alley, in this dark alley. And, uh, it, it was really, really entertaining to watch, but talking about the message that this whole movie brought upon, I think it's really important to discuss that if it weren't because of the sacrifices that people like Bruce Lee made to to have martial arts be at the stage that it is right now, of course, we wouldn't be where we are right now with things like mixed martial arts. Um, in the movie, it was discussed that grandmasters that at the time taught Kung Fu in, um, in, um, in San Francisco, they were really against Bruce Lee. It totally criticized the idea of teaching Kung Fu and just traditional martial arts to outsiders, to people who weren't really of the culture and of the race and whatnot. And uh, they, because of that, they actually didn't really like Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee, he wrote this book just showing pictures of how to properly conduct and perform Kung Fu moves and all that so they weren't really the biggest fans of uh, Bruce Lee at the time but uh, I think uh, this is really important because if it weren't because of the support and open-mindedness open-mindedness excuse me of people like Ip Man who Bruce Lee actually idolized so much I feel like we wouldn't be of course we would never be where we are right now with martial arts um, and even in the movie, it is depicted that Ip Man, um, although he was he was a longtime pr- practitioner of Wing Chun himself, 
he was in favor of bringing unity to the world of to the community of martial arts um he didn't really he wasn't he was never in favor of seeing this karate versus kung fu battle which was depicted depicted again many many times in the movie he wasn't really for it at all but um yeah the idea the um, idea that he had the open-mindedness that he had it definitely guided bruce lee and it gave support and courage to Bruce Lee to further his ideas so that he could proceed ahead and um, incorporate actually different elements into his own style of martial arts, which later we all know turned to Jeet Kune Do. And Jeet Kune Do is essentially the the grandfather of today, like modern day mixed martial arts. So watching this movie, it was a beautiful movie. Um... And Donnie Yen, shout out to Donnie Yen, who played uh, Ip Man in this movie. He did it perfectly. The serenity and the calmness that he brought upon while playing the role of Ip Man. I think it was really, uh, really, really characteristic of how Ip Man would have been uh, if if he were alive and he were, he were still with us to preach um, all those great ideas to us when it came to some of the philosophy that lies um, behind martial arts. So yes, shout out to Donnie Yen. And you guys know me. When I when I really like something and I become passionate about something, I go down the deepest rabbit holes ever. So uh, I just did more research on Ip Man and um, his his history of um, teaching martial arts, um, his his family, the 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 sons that came after him. And it turns out that um, Ip Man's son, uh, Mr. Ip Chun, he he actually worked with Donnie Yen himself, who played the role of his father in the movie, and he taught him so many interesting skills of of uh, Wing Chun. And um, yeah, he was there for the movie. And actually, I didn't know this, but Ip Man's son himself, he played in the third movie in Ip Man 3. So yeah, if you do have time, uh, this is definitely one of those movies that I think every martial arts um, fan should just go out there and watch it from the first movie onwards. Uh, not only is it very, very entertaining, it provides um, a great fight, fight scenes, um, kung fu and martial arts fight scenes, but also the story is just beautifully depicted. Um, as far as I know, it is um, a quite realistic to what actually uh, went down in real life with um, Ip Man and his um, close relationship with Bruce Lee. And yes, definitely, definitely do go out and watch this movie, man. And uh, I know I, I, I promised you guys last week that uh, after after report, recording our episode, I was going to go and watch Enter the Dragon. Unfortunately, that didn't take place. Uh, but I, I that is definitely one thing that I do want to accomplish before the end of this week. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I know I watched Ip Man and all, but I feel like Enter the Dragon is just something else. Like, it's, it's just on that next level it's definitely one of those classics that eventually like every i should say like six six months you, you'll have to come back and watch it again and again and again um personally for me i've been watching bruce lee movies since i was really really young i don't want to say i was brainwashed with bruce lee movies but uh 
uh, for the lack of better terms, uh, Bruce Lee and his movies have always been in my life from such a young age. So I've always had this great respect for Bruce Lee and what he had to offer to the world of martial arts and what he has actually accomplished for our sport. So anyway, uh, that was that was awesome. So um Next time, I'll actually try to go through this book that I have um, that is all about Jeet Kune Do. I think it's called Tao of Jeet Kune Do or like the philosophies behind Jeet Kune Do. I've had this book for, for a few years now, but the thing is, I, I would only read like a couple of pages and then just... Um, get distracted or something will come up and unfortunately I wouldn't really get to finish the book but it is uh, a book that was um, written by Bruce Lee and now again after watching that Ip Man movie I am more motivated than ever to go back and read this book once again from the very beginning because not only would it teach you how to properly execute all those Jeet Kune Do moves but also, it'll, it has a lot of philosophical things in it as well. And uh, I know, like, even if I do give you guys book recommendations right now, it, it wouldn't be possible for a lot of us to go out there and buy the book from the store. But if you can, you can definitely um, go online and uh, read the ebook if you have access to it, or potentially the audiobook for the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Um, personally, like I said, I'm going to be on it, man. Right after I record this episode, I'm going to go back and um, just read some of the pages. Specifically, I'm just so motivated to do so. Uh, but yeah, that is also a great, great book. But uh, other than that, man, unfortunately, I'm so, so sorry that we couldn't break down the fights that uh, I promised originally last week to break down for you guys for UFC 249 again. But again, uh, in the words of former featherweight champion at the UFC, Max Kellerman. No, not Max Kellerman. What am I saying? Max Holloway. Yes, that, that is the, the true Max. So in the words of Max Holloway, it is what it is. Um, sometimes you just have to roll with it. Just take it easy. And like I've always been saying for the past few weeks, we are in this together and we will come out of this very, very strong. Yes, everybody, we all got this, and uh, this is, like, let's just take all this time and use the most out of it, okay? Like, like I've been saying, just try to take care of yourself, whatever makes you feel happy, and of course, in the meanwhile, you already know, every Thursday, we're going to be brought to you every single week, regardless of if we have a pandemic or not, regardless of if we do have a fight to break down or not, you can always count on TKO just being there with you, accompanying you, and just letting you have a good time. So anyway, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you catch up with our previous episodes at CFRU.ca. And you can also download our previous episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. And until next time, it's your girl Janon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.